I'm recording. I am too now. Now that you don't believe in me. I did a really bad clap, but I think it's sufficient to line up things. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say anything, but... Uh, I see a spike in the waveform. It should be fine. Okay. So, my little sister came back from Italy for her study abroad a few weeks ago. Mm. And I had been wondering what she might have gotten me as a gift. Because I didn't know she was going to get me something. She got everybody something. Okay. She got a purse. She got her mom a purse. Uh, my dad has a long-going collection of weird hats from different countries, particularly <laughs> particularly military hats. <laughs> okay. And so she got him an Italian navy cap that she was able to find. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but she got me a very nice Italian leather journal, which was fantastic. That's a good gift for you. It is. <laughs> she knows you well. It's almost like she's family. It's almost like she asked me months ago what I might have wanted from Italy. <laughs> <laughs> did she actually? Oh, yeah, of course she did. I gave her some Sisters thoughts. Sisters always know. Yeah, I, I basically told her what would be really cool is some sort of old book or something, mm -hmm. uh, especially math or science related, but... Assuming that that's probably not likely to happen, a journal is fantastic. Yeah. So now I just need some fancy pens to write in it. Okay. She said that she almost got me a quill, but as she yeah. astutely pointed out, she said, I don't think the Italian quills looked any different or any different really than any other quill that you could get anywhere else, so... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Quills are kind of a pain in the rear, too. I don't know. I enjoy them. I think they're fun. Uh, I just... I can't do any sort of, like, dip pens. Like, mm. they're really fun, and you can do cool things with them. But just the whole, like, dipping thing, just, like... It gets old real quick for me. I don't know. I guess I haven't actually done it in a long time, but when I first got a quill back in, it was probably 6th or 7th grade, mm -hmm. I definitely enjoyed the novelty for a very long time. It does make you feel really cool for a little bit, mm -hmm. but for me, I don't know, the novelty, it wore off fairly quickly. I think the thing that bugged me was the fact that based on the amount how long it had been since you had last dipped i found that at least with the dip pens i was using the way that the pen or the yeah the pen would write would change slightly and so oh, like yeah. you could you could tell when i was dipping because i was waiting too long always and it just didn't look as pretty to me oh yeah i mean i never figured that out i think part of that can be fixed by both good nibs and good ink yeah, but See, I, and, I, I had neither at the time. <laughs> yeah, that was probably part of my problem. I was using incorrect ink. I was using, I was using fountain pen ink when dip pen ink is very different. Well, my issue was probably that my first quill set was a fifteen dollar set from Barnes and Noble. So it's mm. anybody's guess what I was using. <laughs> yeah, 
I might never... as well have been using bloodied stumps of your fingers, Mark. That's right. That's right. I might as well have been doing whatever the the Harry Potter thing is. What, you just say uh, a spell and it magically works perfectly? No, no, no. The Dolores Umbridge, oh. like, uh, his punishment, and it wasn't like writing oh, lines yeah, on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like writing lines on a quill, but it etches it into your skin and uses your blood. Yes. <laughs> that hardcore stuff. <laughs> hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah, Dolores' army, what up? I, I could imagine an alternate future where if I were still in school, like in grad school, uh, just for the novelty, if if I, you know, like recording important things via Quill in a notebook that I cared about. Mm-hmm. Like I had some, an intern that I worked with who was acting, you know, uh, he was a year younger than me and miles away better at math than I am. And is doing his PhD at MIT starting this fall. Uh, he had a specific notebook that whenever he had a well-fleshed-out idea, a problem, a solution, whatever, if it was well-fleshed-out, he would both type it up and then commit it in just amazing handwriting, in his best handwriting, into mm-hmm. this notebook. Yeah. And, and I could totally picture doing that, but just going on a totally next level with a quill. Mm-hmm. but I'll have to come up with some other way to, because this is the issue with this journal. It's awesome. I'm glad that I have it, but I have no idea what I'm going to actually use it for because I'll be too afraid to use it. Yeah, that's the thing about <laughs> nice like nice journals and nice paper that I find is that I love having them and I love using them, but I never know what to use them for. Yeah. Because at times it feels wasteful to just like use them for writing a grocery list or just like, writing a journal entry or something but mm-hmm. well a grocery list is basically untenable like the paper doesn't come out <laughs> at oh, least yeah, in the ones that i use a larger journal yeah uh but i mean because i have one nice leather journal that aaron got me i don't know four years ago maybe mm-hmm. and i use that for various aaron specific things Mm-hmm. I guess the best thing, like any Aaron specific writing, is mm-hmm. kind of thrown in there. But beyond that, I have probably three or four other random leather journals that I've purchased at Barnes and Noble or online or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just there's just smatterings of things that I've decided to put in there, and then they just kind of stop getting used because I just don't, I can't justify it. <laughs> yeah, but you already have them, so like. I know. <laughs> I say this sounding like I'm being critical of you, but I'm literally sitting with a nice notebook like right next to me right now that I barely ever write in because I don't want to waste the nice paper. Well, this so. is why I bought, uh, when I was an intern, I, I went to Walmart and bought a pile of legal pads. Because mm-hmm. those, at least, they don't even have a cover. I can justify ripping them off using them, as a scra- using them as scratch paper. They're great for writing letters on. Like, any random thing that I could want, mm-hmm. a legal pad is excellent for. Uh, but I actually, I bought a small pack of moleskin notebooks. Yep, I use a like, couple moleskin notebooks. And, like, but even those... They're all right. Like, I actually do like the one that I have. I, I, I got them specifically because they're whatever, like, a... I don't know, five by eight inch or whatever, like that little medium mm-hmm. size. Yeah, like the 
bigger than passport size, but smaller than notebook size. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I really like it. And so I always have one on my desk now that I use for making notes while I'm editing a podcast or literally anything else. Mm -hmm. And once I'm like, now that I'm three or four pages in to this notebook of just it's random notes, whatever I need when I'm at my desk, then it's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's still, it's hard to start a notebook, I find. Yeah. Unless you have like a, what were you saying, Mark? I said it needs to be like dedicated to some sort of a purpose. Absolutely. All all of my notebooks that I use consistently are dedicated to a very specific purpose. Some of them, their purpose has changed over time as one purpose ran out. And I noticed I have <laughs> like three quarters of a really nice notebook left and I have to find something to do with it. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I just need more purposes for journals and notebooks. <laughs> yeah. I don't have them yet. <laughs> Since I finished college, I haven't had as many because like in college my senior year there were like a couple classes that i actually cared about that like i thought the notes were important and the notes were something that i reviewed enough that i wanted to make them nice Mm -hmm. so like i had a decent notebook that was dedicated to that class or something or to all of my work in that class essentially so it was notes and like any outside of class work that i was doing i would put in there um but, like, since that's been over with, at work, like, any important work that I do has to go in my lab book for, like, for intellectual property reasons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, like, I guess that's a notebook that I have that's dedicated to a specific purpose, but I didn't get to choose it in the paper and it is crap and I hate it, but <laughs> that's fine. Is I'm it carbon gonna... copied paper, too? No, it's not. That's good, at least. Oh, God, that would be horrible. <laughs> I think, I honestly think I would boycott using it if that was the case. I don't even think I could do that. That would be miserable. <laughs> Having to have, like, a backer in between each set of pages, too, so that you don't, like, carbon copy through the whole book mm-hmm. with your heavy handwriting or something. Oh, God, that would be a that would be miserable in a lab yeah. sort of setting. But, because... Mm. My lab notebook is also one of those things where it stays on my lab bench and I have specific pens that I use when I use it and I only wear gloves when I handle it because I, I'm i trying to be chemically safe and not cross-contaminate crap here because like, there's lots of times where I have to use my lab notebook and I have chemicals on my gloves and it's just not going to be worth it to fix it. So, sure. like, you just use it covered in chemicals. And mm-hmm. so it's just, well, like, okay, it's always covered in chemicals because everything's chemicals. But um, but you get what I mean. Yes. The colloquial use of the term chemicals. Yes. Scary things that no one understands what they are really that much. Yes. And are, yeah, given sciencey names. So that's my lab book, but. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that I had taken more notes by hand, but I did a mix of typing up notes and using an iPad mm-hmm. throughout junior and senior year when I took most of the math classes that I would actually care to still have notes for. And I'm glad that I did it that way for the sake of still having them. Mm-hmm. But 
Do you think that you would have gotten rid of them if you had just written them in notebooks? Well, not that I wouldn't throw them away, but I wouldn't know where they are right now. I wouldn't have them on my phone, for example. Like, everything's okay. just on Dropbox. Yeah. Which I do actually enjoy, because it has come up every once in a while where, like, I'll be at work, and I'll want to just pull something up, something that is relevant to some random thing that I've chosen to work on in the moment. Uh, and I'll have access to something that's like I know that I took a note on this like I won't be able to just find it randomly on the internet because of something specific that I know a professor said that I would have written down and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and I can normally find it pretty quickly so that is actually very nice but it would be it would I, I do like the idea of just having very nice notes in some well organized fashion Mm -hmm. so I don't know Maybe if I get really bored this summer, I'll just sit down and just handwrite out all my college notes into nice notebooks so that I finally do something with them. With a quill. <laughs> no, don't do it with by, a quill. By, At by least... candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just trying to be silly, Mark. <laughs> if you're real, you do it by the light of the moon. <laughs> That's right. Light of the moon, strips of parchment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but... Uh. Good. There's been, I don't know, I would, if there's like one class you really love, I think it's just a fun exercise, because there, there was one class in college that I took notes in a really crappy notebook, and the notes were all really messy, but they were really valuable content that I wanted to make more accessible to myself, so I got a nice notebook, and I spent kind of free time for a couple of weeks slowly copying them over in kind of a nicer, somewhat edited way into this nicer notebook and i love having that notebook now because there's tons of stuff that i referred back to it from yeah. for well and i had for in junior year at least fall of junior year until i started kind of running out of steam to do this for my topology course what i did for most of the semester was handwrite out notes so the professor typed up very copious notes mm -hmm. and then i would you know kind of take extra notes because like they were copious but not necessarily detailed mm -hmm. uh, so i would fill in that sort of stuff and then i would then type them all up later okay. that day or week or whatever mm -hmm. uh, and that worked out pretty well but it gets a little tough to do consistently for multiple courses throughout a semester yeah you know so that that's kind of stopped after a while but yeah, it's really, it's valuable, but also really time-consuming. Yeah, I'd be in a better position to do it now, but it's a lot less worthwhile now as well. Mm-hmm. So, oh well. All right, mm -hmm. that was quite the opener. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that was way more extensive than I was expecting when you were like, oh, I gotta think of something. Yeah, well, when I thought of the journal, I guess I should have known that we would be able to talk about it for a while. <laughs> Yeah. So your comic is first for this week, if I remember correctly. Well, you don't have to remember. You can just look at the document. Yes, it is first this week because it says it in the show notes. Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going to keep rolling here. So Mark's comic for this week is uh, from the Flying McCoys by Glenn McCoy and Gary McCoy. I think we've seen this before. 
So in the comic, there is an older gentleman wearing a sweater vest and a younger man in the scene. They appear to be father and son. The older gentleman is looking and speaking towards his son, who appears to be wearing a dinosaur outfit with a graduation cap atop it. And the older man says, You're not planning on doing anything stupid at graduation, are you? And by the comic, it's clear that his son is, in fact, planning on doing something stupid at graduation. No, no, no. Let's be nice. That's that's your opinion, Grant. <laughs> planning on doing something creative and eccentric. Ooh, words are not <laughs> happening tonight, Mark. Let's stick to small ones. <laughs> uh, so I went to uh, Aaron's graduation last weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I was just curious what your thought what what your thoughts are on kind of commencement ceremonies in general. Like how was yours? What did you get out of it? Mine was miserable and I almost passed out. So <laughs> um, do, do tell. <laughs> Story time. So our commencement ceremony, I went to a smaller college, so Everyone in the graduate did for you. Did everyone go to commencement, or were there people who just like skipped commencement? Yeah, I mean, people skipped. See, for us, it was like it was a small school, so like everyone went to commencement, and so our commencement was held out on the school track and like football stadium. So all the like parents and everything, everyone who was coming could sit in the stadium. Um, and then all the grads were sitting down on the track and then the ceremony was held like in the center of the football field pretty much. And so as I'm assuming, you know, cause you've played sports before when it's hot and sunny out, it's much hotter and sunnier out on a track and on a turf field because physics um, yep. <laughs> and it was a very hot day, the day that I graduated from college and on the track, I think like it was definitely hot enough that like when you would look off in the distance, you could see that like the like wavy heat mirage or whatever stuff across the track. I think somebody said that the temperature on the track was over a hundred degrees. Nice. <laughs> At our commencement ceremony. Um, and, like, we knew this was going to happen. So, like, the night before at, Bla- at baccalaureate, when all the soon-to-be grads were, like, meeting before, like, parading over to baccalaureate, one of the college administrators st- stood up in front of all of us and he's like, so now you guys are graduating tomorrow and lots of people are going to be having a good time tonight. But I'm going to strongly recommend... Somewhere around the hours of 1 a.m., you switch to water because you're going to need it tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't, so, don't want to get too derailed. But first of all, when, what time was your ceremony? Like 10, 10, 30, 11. Oh, gross. Second, what was this? I have no idea what you're referring to in this night before situation. Back al- oh yeah, you didn't go to a religious school. No, <laughs> I went to a state school where everybody just showed up at five p.m. or whatever. 
So baccalaureate is like it's like a. If it's not worth tr- explaining, it's not a big deal. I'm just. Curious. I don't really know what it is. So all right. Well, let's continue that. <laughs> it was kind of like a pre-commencement ceremony that was like somewhat religiously motivated, where they're like, I don't even know. I went to it because it was important to my family. So all right, fair enough. Continue. Um, and like he also made sure that every he was like everyone make sure to bring water bottles to commencement. You guys can keep them under your chairs. No one's gonna care if you're processing in with a water bottle. Like. You're going to need water. And so the ceremony is going on and it is hot. And like, I don't know about for your graduation, but I think lots of people typically will wear like dress pants and like a dress shirt or like a suit or something under their robe. But they even told us they were like, you can wear whatever you want, but we highly recommend you wear like shorts or a dress because it's going to be hot. So I was wearing shorts and like a short sleeve like button-up shirt because i knew it was about to be hot and it was hot and i was sweating and then the whole ceremony was going on i got my diploma all that jazz everyone cheered for me because i'm a big shot um and then the end of the ceremony is getting it's coming now and at the end they have everyone stand up and you kind of like process out and I stand up at the end of the ceremony and I'm starting to get a bit dizzy. And so I just kind of like lean over on the person next to me and I was like, hey, can you just give me a hand here for a sec? And they like grab both of my shoulders and were just like holding me for definitely a solid like couple seconds while I kind of got my bearings again. And I didn't pass out. Well, that's good. Shout out to my cousin Morgan who was sitting next to me. Um, at commencement, <laughs> she's a real team player here. That's right. But yeah, so that's me almost passing out at my college graduation ceremony. Huh. So that was a long story. I made it, it longer than it should have been. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's it's a you story. Oh no. So the question still remains. No. So like. Did you find any importance either during or after the fact to going to commencement? Um, I'm glad I went to it for sure because, like, it's what everyone did, so it felt like the right thing to do. But, I don't know, it it felt like a nice clean end to my college experience in some ways. Hmm. Um... Like, in reality, there was no real tangible value of it. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> it felt good to do. And I think it was kind of important to my family. And all the... Because, like, there were people who came there who were, like, support... Who supported me. Like, my parents and, like, my grandma came and, like, my godparents came and stuff like that. Um... And so, like, I think it was, it was an important kind of family occasion mm-hmm. where I was the center of attention a little bit, which was interesting. Um, but I don't know. I I don't want to assume why you're asking this question, so I'm just going to ask you the question back. 
Yeah, well, I was just thinking about it today because I had just sort of been, I had sat down and thought through uh, how I felt about Aaron's commencement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I almost felt like I was vicariously experiencing hers in a way that I wish I had experienced mine. Because mm-hmm. the issue is that not going to a small school, uh, you know, we're split into colleges. So I graduated with the College of Science and Engineering, which was in or around 1,200 people mm-hmm. graduating. And uh, we're seated by major. And I was at best familiar with a handful of people in my major. Oh. Maybe friends-ish with two of them. Enough to like be like, yeah, let's sit together during commencement. But it wasn't like... Oh, you got to choose your seat? So this is the one thing about it being 1,200 people where they're, you know, like, they're not going to... So So basically, we were grouped by major. Yeah. But then within your major... You essentially sat wherever, and you had a little name card that you would then hand to uh, the people. They would, like, scan you in as you were in line to go up to receive your diploma. Oh, that sounds high-tech. It is, and it makes sense because then they don't have to deal with any more organization than just being your major. Yeah. You know? That's that's wise. Yeah. So that that's how it's done at, I think, every... Uh, every college now except for maybe a couple of the really small ones might do it differently uh, but that's how CSE did it that's how CBS did it where Aaron graduated from mm-hmm. uh, so so it was like for, for my whole experience was it was pretty underwhelming like I was proud of myself I was proud that I had things to wear during commencement beyond just a robe you know I had a couple things mm-hmm. to like designate Oh, these are things that I accomplished more so than my band medal in high school said something, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so like, that was good just for me. Just to, like, again, it was a good marker of just, like, all right, it's done. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, like, I don't know, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. I didn't treat it as a big deal. My family didn't treat it as big of a deal, partially because I didn't want them to. Yeah. Like, it was my immediate family, Aaron... And then, like, one aunt and uncle who were able to come. Mm-hmm. And then I went and got a few slices of pizza from a random place on a corner in Dinky Town with my family <laughs> afterward. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was just, like, you know, that was just kind of my feeling about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wish that I had put in more effort to make it a slightly bigger deal, I think. Yeah. Um, if only for my own sake, but I don't know, like, it's also one of those things that's hard, I find it hard to get super excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I was just curious, like, Why? it's just a, it's a weird thing. I'm just, just like you, I'm just curious. Why do you say that it's something that you have a hard time getting excited for? Do you, I don't know if that might be a hard question to answer, but. I I mean, I would say that part of it for me, I think it's twofold. And, and this is based on comparing to both Aaron and my older sister, seeing their college experience and being there for their commencement and how that whole thing worked out. 
one thing, like I said before, was definitely, like, I just didn't have people around me to celebrate with during it. Like, there wasn't some sort of buildup. It was like, oh, yeah, I saw Jack and Greg and Mikhail and stuff. Like, I saw people that I knew and were friends with Mm -hmm. in the tunnel in Miriuchi beforehand. Yeah. But then I was just kind of, then I had to go stand around with my major and, you know, shoot the breeze with a few people that I kind of knew and then just kind of sit there for all of commencement and then go up and do my thing and then go back down and sit for the rest of commencement. So that that was one part of it was just knowing that, like, I I didn't have people to get excited with and I'm not someone who gets super excitable on my own. So it there wasn't much to be super excited about. And then the other part was that, to be honest, graduation felt like this just inevitable thing that was going to happen to me almost. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that I had done a good job. I had done what I needed to do in college. Mm -hmm. School wasn't something that Uber stressed me out uh, or posed super ridiculous challenges for me. Yeah. And so it was like a, it was just like another thing that I did, like same thing as like high school graduation. It's not like I was super, you know, pumped about graduating from high school, like the act of graduating. Going to college was exciting, but like, that's totally different from like, you know, a graduation ceremony for high school. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was going to graduate from high school anyway, like that's sort of the expectation. And college sort of felt the same to me. And... And I don't know if also part of it was like, oh, I'm graduating. I know exactly what I'm going to do when I'm after I graduate. Like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that big of a thing to me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like I can sympathize, but not not necessarily empathize with a lot of other people uh, who had very difficult time in college or had some very emotional experience throughout it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. That definitely, now that you say that, it makes a lot of sense. Especially how you were talking about that you didn't really have that close of connections with people like immediately around you and that kind of makes it fairly obvious to me why I think we had somewhat different feelings about college commencement. Because, like, for me, it was the opposite. Going to such a small school, I knew so many of the people around me, or I knew everyone who was involved in the ceremony pretty much on, like, at least somewhat of a personal level. Um, Like, there were a few people who got, like, special awards during the ceremony, and, like, I'd had, like, one-on-one personal conversations with each and every one of them throughout my time in college at some point. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew both of the people on either side of me from freshman year at least. Or, not at least. Like, I knew them during freshman year and then kind of throughout the rest of college. And, like, pretty much everyone around me, I knew who they were at least. Yeah. Which thinking back so now right now i'm thinking back to like our high school experience because 
we graduated from a high school in a graduating class that for you was slightly smaller than your college graduating class, but for me is slightly larger than my college graduating class. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to high school graduation and kind of how I felt about the people around me then. And it was like, no, I definitely didn't know any of these people and I definitely didn't have as much of a connection to that ceremony and that experience. And I'm wondering mm. if it was somewhat related to the people surrounding me at it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my, my kind of feeling throughout all of my commencement was that I was on the floor but watching another commencement. Yeah. Because, like, I've been to... I don't know. I think this was something like my at least seventh or eighth straight year going to a commencement. And Mm -hmm. I'll have to go again next year for my little sister. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's just like kind of worn out on the whole thing anyway. But, you know, we had two student commencement speakers. I had never seen either of them in all of college. They were both some type of engineering major. I don't remember. Classic. But because of the engineering majors. Yeah, and so just, like, they obviously had good things to say, but it didn't feel very representative of my college experience. Yeah. And it was even the same thing with, like, like I we have, like, an honors recognition ceremony if you're graduating with honors. Mm-hmm. And I went to that, like, a week before, whatever, or whenever it was. And even that, like, I came in as a late admit to the honors program in junior year. And... Oh. Basically, anything that was ever talked about was about all the stuff that happens the first two years, which I'm super happy I got to avoid, but mm-hmm. is also sort of alienating in a way. Yeah, because you don't have those shared experiences. Yeah, and so seeing like seeing Aaron, like I was there the entire day. I helped her get ready, and we drove to this reception that she had for her major, where she got to see a few of her friends and take all these pictures and talk to a bunch of professors that she had connected with. And then mm-hmm. this group of friends and her, and her parents and myself, we all went to a local brew or a local bar and just like hung out before they needed to go to the ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped her off at the ceremony and parked and like went and like sat with her family and like did the, all the stuff. And we went to a fancy dinner afterward. And my experience was like I was in my apartment and then I put on my dress clothes, grabbed my stuff, drove myself to <laughs> Mariucci. I think I probably, or maybe I was at Aaron's and I like, uh, like parked in a metered spot in her, by her apartment and like walked mm-hmm. there. I don't really remember. Took some pictures with my family, had it in, saw some people, did the thing, got pizza, <laughs> did went <the> home. Thing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's basically what it was. Like there yeah. wasn't a lot of buildup. There wasn't a lot of. There was no fanfare. It was just a yeah. thing that happened to you. Not yeah, the part thing of that, that was you my... were a part of. Yeah, part of it was my choice, but part of part of it was also the events surrounding it made me feel like I didn't want it to be some big fanfare either. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. It was just a it was just a weird experience that I've thought a lot about because I didn't give it much thought back like a year ago because it didn't feel like it was worth giving much thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we're going over with every segment so far. That's so fine. I really enjoyed that, so we can keep mine too. short, because I've enjoyed both segments so far a lot. Good. I have as well. So, All right. We'll try to keep mine short. But it's going to be really compelling, so. Well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs>
So we have Peanuts by Charles Schultz. And uh, we have Lucy screaming at Charlie. You always think you're so smart. Or no, Lucy. Violet, apparently. And then Charlie says... I know, this is a really old comic. And Charlie says, No, I, I don't, Violet. I don't think I'm smart at all. And Violet says, You don't? And Charlie says, No. And then Violet yells, well, where's your self-confidence? <laughs> I love your pity laugh at the end of every single They're never comment. pity laughs. It's, that's my real laugh, Grant. That's not your real laugh. I know you. I know when you're really <laughs> laughing. That was a real laugh. And, well, ha, 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 that was, that was a, a fake chuckle. laugh. That's your pity laugh. But, that's but your, if like, I do... If I do the same laugh... No, I do the same laugh after every single comic so that none of them feel bad. I'm trying to figure out what laugh it is for you, though. It's your more intellectual pity laugh. Like, you don't want anyone to feel bad. And on an intellectual level, you can find value (laughs) in it. So you decide to just say, oh, ha, 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 rather than making a real decision on how to react. That's a very bad description of what it is. It's just a, it's it's a it's a silence filler for this podcast specifically. <laughs> okay, whatever. Because I need something to mark. I need something when I'm editing to mark. So someone's done reading the comic, and the next person is waiting to talk. Because <laughs> it always takes like ten seconds. We need to establish a protocol on who's supposed to talk when we finish comics. Because I always expect you. To talk, but I know that's not how Even it should when I'm work. the one who read it? Yes. <laughs> well, that's not Especially good. Especially <laughs> when you're the one who read it. That's not good at all. <laughs> well, anyway, you go. Tell me what you wanted. Okay. That seems kind of demanding. What do you want? I want you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that works. So, I chose this comic... And we're probably not going to talk about this for very long, but it'll mostly be be me monologuing about it and then asking you a quick question I'm expecting. But anyways, so I was thinking about self-confidence in general. And one of the things that while I was thinking this today was coming up is times in my life where there's been people who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself completely, but like their kind of surrogate belief in me, in my opinion, allowed me to excel in a way that I probably wouldn't if I didn't know that there was someone kind of proverbially standing next to me who believed in me. And I know that's a very vague description, and I won't be surprised if you ask for an example to help flush out what I'm trying to ask you, but I was wondering, Mark, have there been times in kind of the past, I'm going to say eight to ten years of your life, where Mm. there's been something that you think you've accomplished partially because someone believed in you? when you didn't fully believe in yourself in the same 
kind of way that they believed in you. I know what you're getting. I don't think I have a good example Example? of that specifically, at least not from the last eight to 10 years. The first thing that really comes to mind for that is something like, well, eh, no, I can't really think of anything specific. I was was about to say, if you call back to like T-ball or something, I'm like, Mark, you're not a real person at that age. It doesn't count. Okay, so I was a terrible student in seventh grade, specifically in language arts. I don't believe that for a second, but continue. Well, terrible in terms of I didn't pay attention. I didn't do the work that I was supposed to do. Not that I didn't know what I was doing. I was perfectly aware that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. But I didn't do it anyway. And our Vision 21 teacher, Miss Light, uh, I, I was in a unit with her about the diary of Anne Frank. I think there was at most a week and a half left in the unit, and I had done nothing. I had probably been reading the book, but not following along with anything else. Mm -hmm. And she basically sat me down and said, look, I know that you could finish all of this in, like, by the end of this week. So that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right. And, like, I did it. And (laughs) and and that wasn't so much a lack of confidence, more of me just being an idiot seventh grader. Yeah. Uh, But that's the first thing that sort of comes to mind. But the more recent one was probably all of senior year with percussion ensemble stuff. Yeah. Uh, Having Rapple really push me and Mm -hmm. believe in me unquestionably with that when I really didn't feel that I had a reason uh, to be trusted with certain things. So like the marimba solo that I did for percussion Mm -hmm. ensemble. Yeah, like I had to- I had told him at the beginning of the year, like this is a th- like this is a thing that I'd like to do, and then he basically came back with this like thirty pages of music that was fifteen minutes long and said, "Yeah, I think this will work." Yeah, and I had never read anything longer than two or three pages on marimba. Yep. Like it was the biggest jump of anything that I've ever done, and he just kind of said, "Yeah, do it." And he kind of kept up with me a little bit, but otherwise just kind of left me to my own devices and just kind of let me know that he was, like, thinking about it throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Do you have a quick one? I, I'll try to make this quick. I think it's really interesting that when you really kind of pulled out a real one, you pulled out... um. Dr. Rappel from high school band because I was going to say the one two of the ones I think two of the four that pop most into my head are my high school private lessons teacher and our high school band director mm-hmm. and I guess okay it's probably not that interesting because we were both kind of band nerds in high school we spent a lot of our personal time devoted to band I guess mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know. That's kind of what I find interesting because I I spent a lot of time working, obviously one on one with like my private lesson teacher in high school on trombone stuff, um, and there were lots of times where where he pushed me to do things that I just when he was first when he was first kind of like getting me into them I was just like this is ridiculous why even having me do this like I'll never be able to do this. And, like, I remember rides home after private lessons where my mom would ask, 
so how was your lesson? Like, what did you guys work on? And I would start talking about it, and I would say, yeah, we tried it a little bit. I wasn't going to get it. I'm never going to get it. I don't understand why he's having me spend time on it, but at least he's not having me work on something that's like, that he knows I can do. I think he knows I can't do this, so it's fine. And then like a couple weeks later, I'm accomplishing whatever thing that I was previously telling my mother that there was no way I was ever going to do it. Sure. Um. So there's, I don't know. The, that's the short version of what I wanted to say. Yeah, I feel that. And so, I mean, I, I would guess that it happens in music a lot more than a lot of other things because people don't go into music education for the money. <laughs> nope. Like they tend to be very passionate people who have also been similarly inspired and like it's one of the most awesome positive feedback loops that i've seen Mm -hmm. uh now you know even going through like you know now being an adult in an adult concert band and seeing the same sort of people all around me yeah so Hmm. yeah i i really resonate with your idea of that music is an area where that those sort of like super passionate people exist a lot. Mm-hmm.